0: Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Thanks for listening this Tuesday, September 28th, 2021. Topics on today's episode include the Fed's role in financial markets, Nathan Lee on how lenders can stay ahead of the curve, and today's news in the bond market. Seen on a chalkboard outside a bar. Beer shortage coming soon. Panic buy here. Moving from booze to bonds, thinking that the Fed would buy $5 billion a day in mortgage-backed securities is wishful drinking. Uh, sorry, I meant wishful thinking. The Fed's role is to help the stability of our financial markets, and it did so last year and this year by buying treasury mortgage-backed securities. But things are pretty stable. Aside from the usual congressional tug-of-war, worldwide economies are picking up a little steam leading Federal Reserve Bank of Chicago leader Charles Evans and other Fed officials to say they're on board with an imminent pullback in the central bank's bond-buying stimulus effort. Evans added that as high as inflation is right now, it may not have risen enough to lift longer term expectations in the way policymakers have been seeking. Why is inflation important? If your investments are earning 2%, or your wages are going up 3%, and inflation is running at 4%, you're losing ground. Inflation is on the Federal Reserve's list of concerns along with covid variants, another taper tantrum, and the debt ceiling. I'd like to thank today's podcast sponsor, Richie May. Richie May is a recognized leader in providing specialized advisory, audit, tax, technology, and other services in the mortgage industry and in banking. The firm has also consistently been recognized as one of the fastest-growing firms in the country and has been named to the Housing Wire Tech 100 and Mortgage Accounting Today Firms to Watch. And the fastest growing firms and an excellence in firm culture by Inside Public Accounting several times. To experience how Richie May can help you transform your mortgage business, visit richiemay.com. Speaking of which, today I wanted to welcome back to the show Nathan Lee from Richie May. Nathan has served in a variety of capacities during his 17-year tenure at Richie May, including leading the firm's overall practice growth strategy as well as the firm's national mortgage banking practice. He currently leads Richie May Advisory the firm's practice dedicated to risk assurance and advisory, integrated risk management, data analytics, intelligent automation, technology, and more. He also continues to maintain an active role in the mortgage industry and is a regular contributor to the firm's mortgage banking technical literature. Nathan's experience and his passion for building and serving clients is well known. We are pleased to have him back on the podcast today. Welcome back to the podcast, Nathan. How are you doing?
1: Doing great. Good to be back, Robbie. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing good. Happy to have you here. So, after 2020 it seemed like it was the year that took forever. 2021, we're just about in Q4 here. As we head into Q4, what can you see on the horizon for 2022 that we as an industry need to be looking at?
1: Well, I think one of the most obvious is the fact that uh 2022 will probably be a year of much tighter margins and some some more significant pressure on profitability. We saw that to a certain extent this year, but probably not to the same extent we're going to see it next year. We saw margins get squeezed there a little bit in the spring, uh, but volume has held up pretty well this year, which I think has has prevented some of the uh, some further reductions in margins and and probably additional price wars. Although it was definitely seen with uh, with some of the wholesale lenders, um, and so I think in 2022 there's definitely going to be more pressure uh, on profitability as a result of that squeezed margins and the competitiveness that's going to take place when, when volume starts to uh, get a little bit leaner. And so I think that's going to be a key thing that people are going to have to really pay attention to. I know companies already are paying attention to that, as they should be. And, uh, and so they should be really focused on uh, profitability, uh, looking at data, and uh, allowing their teams and data to really inform them as to what's going on out there so they can react and and make sure that uh, they're prepared strategically to operate in a much different environment next year. Yeah, I I think in addition, or maybe related to that is the fact that I think there's just gonna be further commoditization of the business. Uh, We're seeing that now with some large uh, direct-to-consumer lenders that, that are really playing to the the younger generation's interests uh, and preferences around um, simple transactions and and looking for price. And uh, and so I think there's gonna be further commoditization, uh, which is only going to contribute to the pressure on margins and profitability. And so I think a a differentiated borrower experience is gonna be really important. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot more non-QM next year. Also, probably related to the same thing, lower volume, uh, thinner margins on conventional product is going to going to lend or tend to drive more companies towards doing more non-QM business next year. I think we're already starting to see that, and I expect that to continue next year as well. Uh, and then I, I think one of the other things that that we're seeing is is a lot of interest in lenders to um, build or acquire direct to consumer channels uh, both for recapture uh, business and also to serve younger borrowers and kind of meet them where they are and and do a lot more uh, a lot more digital lending and um, and so i think i think those things are all fairly related to one another and and then i think we're going to see more focus on regulatory compliance there's definitely uh, renewed focus on the part of regulators, state and federal level on on compliance, and, and companies are are definitely more focused here over the last six months or so on on regulatory compliance, and I expect that to continue as well next year. And then I think more long term is the lack of new young talent labor entering the mortgage business, combined with the fact that companies are having a very difficult time finding talent anyways right now and uh i'm sure everybody's familiar with that the the war for talent is fierce and there just seems to have been a drying up of the of the talent pool out there literally overnight this year and so i think in addition to to that dynamic uh, the industry also just continues to struggle with attracting young uh, talented professionals to the industry, and, and I think those things are going to continue to contribute to uh, increases in compensation, which is going to further pressure profitability. And uh, so, I think all, all, all things considered, there uh, the, the signs point to a year that's going to be much leaner from a profitability standpoint, where there's going to be a lot more competition, and companies are going to have to be much more focused on on data, business intelligence, uh, differentiating that borrower experience to really stand out, operate differently, and continue to be profitable and sustainable.
0: You know, it's funny because a lot of the things you bring up there, it seems like we've been hearing about for a long time, whether it's, oh, we got to get more young blood in the industry or, oh, you know, 2020 was so good for margins and volumes that there's going to naturally be margin compression and reduced volumes in 2021. It's almost like, I don't want to sound like the boy crying wolf here but but for yeah. lenders you know at some point margin compression and volume uh declines are going to come and they they've been given a second chance here in a way by it being delayed for so long. So what should mortgage companies do in the fourth quarter to set themselves up for success in 2022?
1: I think data is really key here and I think for a long time the industry was very focused on uh, production growth. Everybody talks about volume. Uh, they they don't usually talk about profitability. It's obviously a much more sensitive thing to talk about. So it's easier to talk about volume. And, and I think, you know, the, the overemphasis on volume at times has come at the expense of profitability. And I, I think, as you said, yeah, this has been a there's been a theme for years now within the industry that eventually the shoe is going to drop and volume is going to dry up and it's going to put pressure on everybody. We hear that time and time again. And I'm definitely not one that cries wolf. Uh, but I think this time around, there are some factors that are uh, different. And one of those is the fact that there are several public mortgage companies that are... Out a out of a need to continue to show volume growth revenue growth increasing market share are going to are going to get very competitive uh, from a pricing standpoint you've seen some of that already and i expect that to continue and so I, I think it's going to be a little bit more pronounced this time and can companies are are going to need to be more focused on on data and profitability than they have been in the past and so I think companies, as they go into the end of the year here, and they're doing, you know, they're going through budgeting cycles and working on strategic plans, really need to, really need to layer in data and analytics and benchmarking around compensation. How are we performing compared to our peers uh, in terms of cycle times and loans per processor and per underwriter? How much are we paying our loan officers? Is that is that competitive is it is it not competitive enough or is it or is it too generous and and looking at every part of their business to uncover where there are some opportunities to make adjustments where they're operating maybe not as leanly as they could or as efficiently as they could be so i think they they need to focus there and and definitely they need to focus on areas where they can leverage technology uh, to reduce cost to reduce manual effort, uh, to to get their people away from doing repetitive stare and compare type work. So how do I I bring technology in? Where can I use it? Where are some of those high opportunity, high ROI areas? And and allow the data to really inform them as to where they're performing well. And and then I would say the other thing is is really focus on the recruiting plan uh, for this next year recruiting and or acquisition strategy because it's in these markets it's it's grow or die time and the big guys are going to get bigger uh, we've seen that already and that's going to continue to be the case whether it's through consolidation or or just aggressive recruiting and they're going to put a lot of pressure on those that don't grow and get economies of scale so smaller mid-sized lenders are going to have to be really focused on on data and uh, to, to tell them where they have opportunities but be just as aggressive on on recruiting and going out and and getting getting talent, bringing production talent, and and at the same time, focusing on on becoming more efficient. Then I would also just mention, uh, I think an important one is saving cash. Uh, There's gonna be an increase, obviously repurchases due to the higher volume over the last year and a half. Uh, Companies have some big tax bills that are coming due uh, because of the significant profitability over the last year and a half. And they are going to be some thinner margins and some leaner times. So uh, making sure that the the company has adequate cash reserves and doesn't distribute everything out um, and and therefore is able to to better weather the the leaner times, I think, is going to be really important.
0: It's always good to have a war chest for a rainy day. And that's yeah. a that's a very practical suggestion uh, for our listeners out there. In what other ways can our listeners start today that can help them stand out among the competition as they close out the year and move into the next one?
1: You know, this time of year is always a good time of year. As the seasons change and we head into fall and, and uh, the cooler weather, it just, it seems to just naturally trigger uh, the part of our brains that, that uh, tell us we need to prepare for the new year and, and uh, get the team together to strategize and work on work on budgets and i would say get the leadership team together and look at the brutal facts uh they're so they're not always pretty and when we peel the covers back a little bit oftentimes we find things that we maybe weren't paying attention to weren't aware of or maybe kind of knew about, but we just swept them under the rug and get that team together and use data to help the company identify, where, where are we doing well? Where are we doing well? What branches, what loan officers, what products? Where are we making money? Where are we not making money? Which products have better margins than others? Which, what should we do more of if, if that's possible for us to make that change? And what changes need to be made Uh, where can we be more efficient in each of our operational departments um what uh what what branches maybe are are not working out very well for us what what people aren't working out for us aren't aren't maybe as productive as they should be and uh and so really going through that strategic strategic exercise of looking at the data and, and addressing the brutal facts i think is something that we should be doing right now, as in any time when an industry is is looking at leaner times ahead. Um, and then making difficult decisions about where to invest in 2022 because that's going to be part of the strategic planning process.
0: In order to do that,
1: companies have to have accurate timely reporting, uh, intelligence on the business. And if they don't have that today, uh, they should get it. Business happens really fast these days and you need to have the data and information at your fingertips. If you don't, uh, you're gonna be at a disadvantage. And so I think companies need to be really focused on upping their data game and uh, getting better analytics, getting better visibility into their business, more benchmarking, and and then really use that to to drive the decisions that are made about what they're doing in 2022.
0: Well said. And that's great advice. Have you ever thought about working for an advisory firm or something like that?
1: <laughs> in fact i do i uh, We've been doing a lot of advisory work over the years. Of course, Richie May has been known for many years in the industry as a as an accounting firm, uh, doing a lot of audit work and tax work. but over the last several years we've we've done more and more in the advisory area because there's just there's a real need for it, and uh, clients ask us questions all the time about how they get better, how they can operate more efficiently, more, more profitably. And so it there have been lots of opportunities for us to, to get involved, to get in the trenches with them and, and work through that with them. And so uh, it's been a great part of the business over the last few years, it's been fun, uh, to be able to get in there and leverage the expertise that we've developed over the years to, to bring value-add, you know, meaningful, impactful things to our clients.
0: There certainly is a need, and it sounds like you're doing a great job of fulfilling it. So I want to thank you for making the time to come on today, and uh, I enjoyed it as always. I think this was great.
1: I appreciate it, Robbie. It's always great to spend some time with you. All
0: right. Talk to you soon.
1: All right. Take care, Robbie.
0: The hawkish tilt from the Fed at its meeting last week has caused Treasury yields to go up, with the 10-year hitting yields not seen since June yesterday. Despite some fears surrounding real estate developer Evergrande in China and the debt ceiling domestically, there is general optimism surrounding economic conditions. We saw yesterday that the August durable goods orders report was mixed, though business spending remained on a positive track. The rest of the week sees a lot of housing data, pending home sales, Case-Shiller, and FHFA. And Fed speak. Speaking of the Fed, Fed Chair Powell told the U.S. Senate yesterday that supply bottlenecks have lasted longer than expected and that inflation pressures will remain high in the coming months before easing back towards the Fed's longer-run 2% goal. In less savory news, Boston Fed Chief Eric Rosengren and Dallas's Robert Kaplan quit within hours of each other in the wake of disclosures this month about their trading activities and health. Today's economic calendar is underway with the advanced August goods trade deficit, advanced retail inventories, and advanced wholesale inventories, none of which move rates. MBA's latest forbearance and call volume survey revealed that the total number of loans now in forbearance decreased by four basis points to 2.96% of servicers' portfolio volume in the prior week as of September 19th, meaning 1.5 million homeowners are in forbearance plans. Later this morning brings Redbook same store sales for the week ending September 25th, July home prices from Case Schiller and FHFA, September consumer confidence, Richmond Fed manufacturing and services, a $62 billion seven year treasury auction, and plenty of Fed speakers. Including Chicago's Evans, Chair Powell, St. Louis's Bullard, Governor Bowman, and Atlanta's Bostich. The desk will conduct the last two operations on the current schedule when they target up to $5.6 billion of 30 or 2% and 2.5% before releasing a new schedule covering the September 29th to October 14th period that is expected to average $5.1 billion per business day. Tuesday begins with agency MBS prices worse a quarter and the 10 year yielding 1.54 after closing yesterday at 1.48%. let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. Have you heard about the Afghan quarterback? The coach had put together the perfect team for the Chicago Bears. The only thing that was missing was a good quarterback. I guess it's been that way since 1986. He had scouted all the colleges and even the Canadian and European leagues, but he couldn't find a ringer who could ensure a Super Bowl win. Then one night earlier this year, while watching the news, he saw a war zone scene in Afghanistan. In one corner of the background, he spotted a young Afghan Muslim soldier with a truly incredible arm. He threw a hand grenade straight into the 15th story window, 100 yards away. Kaboom. He threw another hand grenade 75 yards away, right into a chimney. Kablooey. Then he threw another at a passing car going 90 miles an hour. Bullseye. I've got to get this guy, coach said to himself. He has the perfect arm. So he brings him to the States and teaches him the great game of football and the Bears go on to win the Super Bowl. I guess we know this is fiction. The young Afghan is hailed as the great hero of football, and when the coach asks him what he wants, all the young man wants is to call his mother. Mom, he says into the phone, I just won the Super Bowl. I don't want to talk to you, the old Muslim woman says. You are not my son. I don't think you understand, mother, the young man pleads. I've won the greatest sporting event in the world. I'm here among thousands of my adoring fans. No. No. Let me tell you, his mother retorts, at this very moment there are gunshots all around us. The neighborhood is a pile of rubble. Your two brothers were beaten within an inch of their lives last week, and I have to keep your sister in the house so she doesn't get assaulted. The old lady pauses and then tearfully says, I will never forgive you for making us move to Chicago. (laughs) I'd like to thank today's sponsor, Reggie May. For over 30 years, Richie May has been deeply involved in the mortgage industry to bring solutions and innovation through advisory, audit, tax, technology, and other services in the mortgage industry and in banking. To learn more about how Richie May can help you transform your mortgage business, visit RichieMay.com. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at Robbie at RobChrisman.com.